Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Open your Bibles with me. We are going to the book of Joel, chapter 2. The book of Joel, chapter 2. Amen. And I want you to look at the scripture with me as we lay an opening foundation for where we're headed today. Joel prophesies and says, Blow you the trumpet in Zion. Sound alarm in the holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord cometh. For it is nigh at hand. It's a day of darkness and gloominess. A day of clouds and thick darkness. As the morning spread upon the mountains... A great people and a strong. There hath not been ever the like. Neither shall there be any more after it. Even the years of many generations. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Help us, Lord Jesus, to speak what you put in our spirit, Lord. I ask, Lord, that it would be uh, what would be appropriate and presented appropriately, God, and bless your people that we may know what to do in this hour. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Like so many other times in the history of Israel, God's people were facing the active wrath of God because of their rejection and rebellion against him. The prophet Joel was to sound the alarm, blow the trumpet in Zion. Let's sound the alarm. Amen. My people, the Lord is saying, has rejected me and rebelled against me. Judgment is coming. That's what he's saying. The day of the Lord is coming. A mighty army is coming with darkness and gloominess. While fire is coming with them that will devour both before you and behind you. Judah has walked away from God at this moment and doomsday is approaching. There's never been a day like it before, he says, and never will be a day like it afterwards. Before it arrives, the country looked like the Garden of Eden, but after it has gone through, it'll look like Death Valley. Joel prophesies that nothing will stop this army. It's an unstoppable army. It is an army that is going to come like a swarm of locusts, undaunted, unstoppable, fearless. They will arrive like an earthquake and sweep over Judah like a tornado. 
Well, he writes in verse 11, And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for he is strong and executeth his word. The day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? Who can abide it? Judah was in a mess. Judah had, had walked in a, a culture that was against God. Judah had actively and rabidly sought after things that were not of God. I want to tell you today that um, I, I must be very honest with you. Um, I, I, I think we live in a different world than we lived in in 2019. We live in a different world. We live in a world that is, 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 is messed up. We live in a world that uh, goods are no longer as available and people are waiting for things like car parts and waiting for things that, that they can't get. And, that, and you know, we're having to learn how to live in a whole different uh, idea and thought. And, and then we, we, we read things that are disturbing about com- companies that now are supporting, big major companies that are supporting wickedness and idolatry and, and perversion, giving their money to it. And, and, and we then go buy goods from that. It makes me not want to go and buy goods from them. What do we do? What do we do when, when today now it is, it is fashionable for little boys to dress up and drag? What, 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 what does that do to little minds? What, is, what kind of world are we living in when, when the government is working to pass right now legislation that the government will pay for children to have mutilation done to their bodies, little boys, little girls, having mutilation done to their body, and, and our government, our taxpayers, our money is going to pay for it. What kind of world are we living in when, when we find that uh, states have laws that when you're a minor, you do not have to ask, have to ask your parent for a sex change approval? And go to the hospital and have it done. What world are we living in? How, how messed up are we? And I, I must admit to you, there are times that I, I don't have words to say. I don't know how to put it in perspective. It, it's beyond my capacity to see what, what wickedness and depravity that has grabbed a hold of our people. And, and, and it is now touted as being, you know, courage and it's touted as being something that is wonderful. We have yet to see the outcome of what will happen in the days and generations ahead, but our world is in a mess. And I must admit to you, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to, how, I don't think I could preach enough about it to counteract it. I don't believe that I could say enough words to counteract it. And I feel like, like, here is Judah, and, and, and we're facing doomsday. We're facing things that are beyond our control. We're facing a great antichrist army, a Babylon mentality that is pushing its way every day, every day. It used to be hidden, but now it's just in our face every day. And people, let me, let me just shift gears a little bit, and then you see people that walk away from God, that are backslidden, that don't live for the Lord, that one time lived for the Lord, and they're living in a, in a lost state right now in this last days. We are living in the last days. And they're lost, lost without God. And, and I, 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 Sister Ruth, I don't know what to pray. 
I don't know what words to say. I don't know how to, how, to, how to have the appropriate vocabulary to come before God and say words that's going to make a difference. And I, 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 I pray for our students that go to colleges and universities. Y'all deal with it in your face every day. What do you say? What do you do? Can you speak up? Can you not speak up? What do you, where, where are we going to go with this? Where are we going to go with this? I want to talk to you this morning about just one word, afterward. Somebody say afterward. Our world is messed up. The culture of Babylon has invaded our world. It just seems crazy. So what did God tell Joel to do in his messed up world? What, what was the prophecy to Judah that said to them, uh, there, there's an army coming that's going to overcome you. You can't turn them back, and there's never been anything like this before, and there will never be anything like this. What are you going to do? This is what the Lord said in the same prophecy. He said in verse 12, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments. Amen. Turn you unto the Lord your God. Amen. Somebody say, we got to turn. We got to turn and put our focus not on a world that's messed up, but on a God that still loves this world so much that he hasn't completely walked away. Yes, he's backed away and allow, allowed people to live in such a state. But I want to tell you that the Lord is saying to us today, here's how you deal with an advancing army that's beyond you. You can't say the words enough. You can't, you can't talk about enough. You can't post enough on Facebook. You cannot preach it enough. But here's what you can do. You can fast. And and you can weep and you can mourn and you can rend your heart and not your garments. What is he saying? I want you to get connected on the inside with this situation. It's uh, rending your garments was a sign of mourning. But what the Lord told them is, I want you to rend your heart. I want you to, I want you to weep over this. What do we do, church? I'm going to tell you what the Lord spoke to me in the middle of the night last night. And that is God's calling for tears. God is calling for weeping. Can we weep over the mess that we're living in? Can we weep over the lost? Amen. Instead of just simply being critical and judgmental, can we weep over them? Can we weep over the fact that God is saying the doomsday clock is ticking? The day of the Lord is coming. But until then, we are here. And here's what we must do. We must follow what Joel said prophetically Turn to the Lord. Turn to the Lord. Amen. When, when you don't have words, cry. When you don't have phraseology strong enough, when you feel like that you cannot even combat it on any level, here's what you can do. You can begin to weep and mourn and cry. He said, for the Lord is gracious. In verse 13, he continues, for the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. He, he can change his mind if we'll turn. 
For who knoweth he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. And then he, if you jump down to verse 17, he said, let the priests, let the pastors, let the ministers of the Lord, let the preachers, let the evangelists, amen, let the lay ministers, let those that serve in any capacity, let them do what? Weep between the porch and the altar. Amen. Begin to weep in the house of God begin to declare that this is maybe the only thing I have and that is to intercede with my tears to weep when I don't have words to cry when my family is so backslidden and there's nothing that I can say that changes them but I can weep I can cry I can mourn and I can rend my heart He went on to say, let them say, spare thy people, O Lord. Have mercy. Somebody say, have mercy. Have mercy, Lord, in this country. Have mercy, Lord, in my family. Have mercy, Lord, in my community. Have mercy, Lord, in those that I come in contact with while I work. Have mercy, Lord Jesus. Let me not be so desensitized to the world that I'm living in, that my heart is hardened, that I want to put my head in the sand and pretend like it is not an issue. But God calls his people when doomsday is clicking, when the armies of judgment are marching. Amen. God calls for his people to turn to him and to begin to fast and to begin to weep and begin to mourn and begin to rend their hearts so God let me just let my heart be softened towards you verse 18 the Bible said then the Lord will be jealous for his land and pity his people verse 19 yea the Lord will answer and say unto his people Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil that you may be satisfied therewith. I'll get the stock to you. I'll get the part to you. I'll help you in this hour that you may be satisfied therewith. And I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. I will remove far off from you the northern army, and I will drive him into a land barren and desolate with his face toward the east sea and his hinder part toward the utmost sea, and his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he hath done great things. Fear not. Somebody say, fear not. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. What is the Lord saying? In the natural, he was going to drive the advancing army that he had sent for judgment. He's going to drive them away. He's going to turn them away. Can I tell you that there is a God today that it says, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way and seek my face, he said, I will hear from heaven and I will heal there. there's still a, a reality in that what will happen when a church amen when MPC decides we may not be able to march on Washington we may not be able to stand before the Supreme Court we may not have an audience with our president or our governor but we can have an audience with the king and we can weep and we can pray and we can say I can do something about this I can make a difference but I'm going to start by Rending my heart. Amen. I must admit, 
It's quite easy to make fun of some of this mess. It's quite easy to laugh a little bit when you see some of the, the stuff that we see it's, and the absurdity and the, 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 just the brashness with which they shake their fist at God. But perhaps the Lord is saying, there's an army coming. My judgment's coming. And the only thing that's going to deter the judgment of God is a praying, weeping, mourning, interceding church. It's going to be a church that says, I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm not going to look at the natural, physical size of that army. It's a lot bigger than me. It's got momentum. Amen. But I'm going to pray and seek the Lord. As I begin to study this this chapter, Bible commentators and scholars believe that because of Judah's response and repentance that a great army was turned away. It never came. Amen. I wonder how many times when the church has gotten to the place of intercession, when God looks for somebody to stand in the gap and make up the hedge, when God looks for a, a prayer warrior to intercede and to cry, and how many armies of destruction have been turned away from families that will never know it, that will never know the mercy of God and the grace of God because of a praying grandma and a praying aunt and uncle and a praying mom and dad and an interceding grandparent. How many times have they been spared? I just don't want them spared. Amen. Pastor Dylan, I want them saved. I don't want to just be spared from destruction. I want them to be saved because I want to go to heaven with them. The spirit of the age that we're living in is the spirit on the church of apathy. Apathy. I believe that 2020 was God's clarion call to the church to weep, to intercede. I realize this is not a swing from the chandelier's message right now, but hold on. There's a spirit at work today that keeps God's people on the sideline to say that we're just maligned, that we're not smart, we're not educated enough, we can't do this right enough. We can, amen. We must, must remove this insidious indifference and, and excuses and say, oh God, I don't have the words, but I can weep. Give me a burden. Instead of running from a burden, God, give me a burden. Give me a burden for the backslider. Give me a burden for the lost. Not to condemn them and tell them how horrible they are and how awful they are. But, oh, God, let me pray for them, God, in secret. And I'll watch you, Lord, touch them publicly. Babylon's army is great. The Antichrist spirit is sweeping the the world. Scholar Marvin Wilson stated like this, through modern inventions and outright apathy, our present Western world has grown more and more passive. We have developed a TV-obsessed, entertainment-prone, and spectator-minded generation, which seems to be largely content to watch life rather than live it. Not thrown off on any generation, but honest to goodness, there's some generations that are sitting here that they went through some stuff. There's some of our elders that have gone through some things. And we've got people that can't handle peanut allergies in their homes. We got it so bad. 
so rough. No, we need to wake up and say, God, you've been good to me. I've, if, if my forefathers, if my dad and my mom withstood and lived in the depression and come through the depression and still live for God, amen, how about us today? We can come through a spiritual depression and say, I'm going to still live for God. I'm not going to take an attitude that I'm just warring and fighting, but I'm going to take an attitude. I'm rending my heart and I'm going to weep when I see, when I see the lack of people's understanding of where they are. In the last days, Lord, help us to be weepers. Help us to mourn. He said, it's time to turn. Turn to me with all your heart. How much of our heart? All of our heart. All of our heart. All of our heart. Amen. I believe the time to pray for lost loved ones is not when their body is laying in state in a funeral. We need to weep for them now. Weep for them now while their opportunity is for them to be born again. It is time that the people of God cast off a hardened hearts and indifferent and passive understanding and say, I meet this head on. But I meet it head on by the way my God said. And that is, I'm going to weep. I'm going to weep. Oh, Lord, would you wake us up in the middle of the night and cause us to cry, amen, and weep for this generation. Lord, would you disturb us by every post that we see where somebody gets further and further away from God. Lord, instead of just picking at them and condemning them, Lord, can we weep? Can we weep? Can we mourn? Can we say, oh, dear God, have mercy? Amen. God, would you save them? Would you help them? Turn, turn with all your heart, with fasting and with weeping, with mourning. Turn unto the Lord your God, turn. Let the priest, let the pastor, let the ministers weep before the porch and the altar. Let them weep. Truth is attacked in perilous times because it stands as a constant reminder of the air of sin, covetousness, the braggart, the blasphemer, the unthankful, the unholy, the unnatural, false accusers, the self-indulgent, and those whose God is pleasure. That's what Paul said would happen in the last days. Perilous times. Again, I must admit to you, I'm at loss of words. And words are what I do for a living. I'm at loss of words. But if all I can do is weep, that's enough. Tears are powerful prayers. Tears that'll stain your, your shirt and your blouse. Tears that'll stain your knees as they drop onto your knees. And tears that'll stain the carpet. Tears. Because the psalmist said it like this, they that sow in tears. Come on. They that sow in tears shall reap Enjoy. He that goeth forth and weepeth. Hallelujah. Bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. If we will weep now for that backslider, we can rejoice when they are filled and renewed with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If we can weep now for that 
that, that person that is a drug addict never known God whose life is so messed up, amen, that they don't know which end is up. Oh, God, if we could weep, Lord, for the crack house and, and if we could weep for the drug house and those that live in it, oh, God, help us to be weepers, not complainers and not gripers, Lord, and not just be a judgmental, but say, I'll weep until I see them rejoicing with the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to give up on this world that I'm living in. God's principle is, I've already quoted it, but throw the scripture up, 2 Chronicles 7, 13. I want, I want to show you something, 2 Chronicles 7 and 13. The Lord said, if I, if I, not the devil, if I shut up heaven that there be no more rain, if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. In the Old Testament, it was the act of wrath of God. In the New Testament, it is known as the passive wrath of God. Romans 1 tells us about it, and we've taught about it, is that God just simply withdraws himself. Amen. God withdraws himself in the New Testament because he dealt with the natural people in the Old Testament. Now, he just simply withdraws himself, and that is the wrath of God where he says he gave them over to a reprobate mind. He gave them over to do the things that were unseemly. He gave them over. Amen. He said, when I do that, why? God will withdraw himself. And this is what is happening in 2022 in America. God has withdrawn himself because the people have said, we don't need you. Oh, let the church draw themselves to him with weeping and mourning and intercession. Let did he not say, I am close to those that are of a broken heart and a contrite spirit? I want to tell you how to get close to God. Begin to weep in intercession for somebody else. He said, if I shut up the heaven, if there is no more rain, if I command the locusts to devour the land and send pestilence among my people, if my people, if my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. Hallelujah. One man prayed until revival came when he said, weeping for souls, bend me. Bend me. Oh God, bend me. Oh God, bend me. Oh God, let me have your burden. And a Welsh revival erupted because of one man's prayer life. Because of one man's prayer life. Azusa Street is founded on the groanings and travail of people that were so hungry for revival that they were willing to put everything else aside and say, give me revival or I die. Give me a move of God or I die. That's what gets God's attention. Amen. May a fire erupt, a revival fire erupt right here at MPC and let it burn so bright that sinners run to an altar. George Whitfield prayed and he said, give me souls or take my soul. Give me souls or take my souls. 
David Brainer in his biography, or autobiography, rather, his diary he wrote, and said, I care not where I go or how I live or what I adore so that I may save souls. When I sleep, I dream of them. When I wake, they're my first thoughts. No amount of scholastic attainment, of able, profound exposition, of brilliant or stirring eloquence can atone for the absence of a deep and passionate sympathetic love of human souls. I rarely reference stories. This particular story became a movie of a, of a young man who was a man of faith and he wouldn't carry arms. He was a medic. It's in World War II. And he saved, I don't know how many lives on this hill. Shot numerous times. But the words that came out of his mouth ring in my head. Lord, help me save one more. Just one more. Broken bones, busted up by bullets. Yet he crawled to go save one more. One more. Amen. Lord, don't let me walk by one more person at Walmart without taking a moment and say, God, would you save them? Lord, let me drive by every, every tavern and say, oh, God, save them. Let me drive by every crack house, every meth house and say, oh, God, will you save them? One more. <clears throat> I would to God <clears throat> that there would be a fire of soul winning that gets a hold of MPC like we have never had before. Amen. But let it be birthed in the weeping. And let it be birthed not in a war room, but in a weeping room, a, a place that we are going to sow in tears. We're going to pray, whoever they are. Oh, God. How many of you got backslidden loved ones? Raise your hand. You'd like to see saved. Hallelujah. I'm going to quit complaining about them being such a mess and begin to weep for their soul. I weep for their soul. I want hot tears to pour down my face. Oh God, let my head become pools of water as Jeremiah said that I might weep for Israel. I don't know what to pray, Pastor. Weep. Mourn. Let it. God rip your emotions. Weep over sin. It's destroying lives. Weep over marriages that need to be restored. Weep for a nation that has walked away from God. Weep for our nation. Weep for a president that appears to be nothing more than a pawn of wickedness. Weep for the millions of babies that have been aborted. Do you not think that God is just going to wink at that? I thank God for what has happened in, 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 in the vote. I, I praise God because there's some babies been saved because of that. I thank God for that. Uh, amen. But weep, weep, weep for the rise of, of satanic worship and demons and 
Wicca and mysticism and soothsaying, weep for the rise of, uh, of perversion and homosexuality and gross violence, weep, weep, weep. I pray that somehow this pastor is planting a seed in the spirit, in your soul, that begins to remind you, oh God, disturb my sleep, disturb my mind. Help me, God, in the middle of a TV show I'm watching to get hit by conviction and turn it off and fall on my knees and begin to weep and begin to mourn because they're going to go to hell. Amen. If somebody doesn't do it. Charles Spurgeon said this in the 1700s. He said, if sinners be lost to hell, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. And if they will perish, let them perish with our arms about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, at least let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions, and let not one go there unwarned and unprayed for. There will be people that will go to hell that we will never be able to see saved. But I will tell you, Lord, let me save one more. Lord, let me pray for one more to be saved. Let me see one more repent. Let me see another one be baptized in your lovely name. Lord, let me see another life being changed and delivered from alcohol and drug addiction. Amen. We still believe that there is a God that changes people's life. I don't care what Babylon culture says. He is still able to change lives. The psalmist said, rivers of water run down my eyes because they keep not thy law. Let rivers of water run down my eyes. If you study chapter 2, he talks about this army. And he talks about what they needed to do to turn the army back. And he said, let's have a solemn assembly with weeping and fasting, mourning and rending our hearts. And let's let the preachers... Amen. This weeping business is not just for, for, for church folk. It's for ministers of the gospel. Matter of fact, ought to be the first ones weeping over souls. He said, if you'll do this, if you'll turn to me, he said, I will drive the enemy out. I will turn the enemy. If you'll turn to me, I'll turn the enemy. But this is interesting to please note that it is in this same chapter where he says in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterward. It shall come to pass afterward. After what? After you have rendered your heart, after you have fasted and prayed and wept, this is what is going to happen afterward. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit. Anybody remember that scripture? I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions and also upon thy servants, upon thy handmaidens in those days will I pour out my spirit. Amen. I want to tell you, 
We need to think about afterwards. What are we, what's going to happen after we weep? An outpouring of the Spirit. What's going to happen after we mourn and after we fast? God's going to speak in prophecies and dreams. What's going to happen after, after we have done this? I will tell you, revival fires begin to burn afterward. So I call MPC. I call us to focus, yes, on the loss. But know this, let's come back rejoicing. Bring the sheaves with us. Come back rejoicing. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. I believe in God for an afterward revival. I believe in God for an afterward move of His Spirit. I believe in God for an afterward exciting awakening. Praise be to God. Afterward. Afterward. I told you, I think the other day, that 19 men, terrorists, hatched a plot. Those that were helping them, but 19 men came to the United States and changed our world in 9-11. We've never been the same. But when you study major revivals, Sometimes it's just one, one, just one. Is there one among us that'll start to spark? Is there one in this morning's Bible study lesson that says, Pastor, I got it. I hear what you say. I too am frustrated with this the age that we're living in. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to handle this mess. I've never seen stuff like this in all of my life. But what I can do is I can weep. Weep, weep, fast, and pray, and then watch an afterwards happen. Amen. If you feel that tug in your heart today, some have already come, but I wonder if there are others today that will say, yeah, you got me today, Pastor. I feel like the Lord spoke to me about needing to take my intercession to a new level. Not just simply my prayers with my intellect, but I'm going to weep and let my tears, God, speak what I cannot say. I will let my groanings speak what I cannot utter. Oh, Holy Spirit, will you intercede through your people, God, with things that we don't know what to pray. God, what we're saying with our tears is that we don't have a solution. God, we don't have a plan. Oh, but we're going to weep before you. God, for the sake of an afterwards revival, for the sake of an afterwards awakening, for the sake of an afterwards outpouring. Hallelujah. Oh, God, after our fasting, after our weeping, after our mourning, after our... Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.